Good morning. It's time for Two Guys on Sports. I'm Larry Hazer. I'm Dick Olson. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, Dick. And uh, we have a guest with us uh, in the studio uh -huh. today. We welcome Gene Delisio <laughs> with us. Good morning, Gene. Good morning, Larry. Nice to be here. Nice to well, be good here. to have you with Dick, us. Yeah. Your knowledge of Got the... Got lost on the way over here, so I'm just going to wander into the building. Here I am. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's all right. That's all right. Good thing you made it. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk football here. Of course, uh, level two playoff football coming up uh, tomorrow night, and uh, a lot of games in our area involving area teams. And uh, it's nice to have Gene in here give us a little bit of his uh, insight on some of these matchups that will be going on, and uh, some of the information I got from uh, WIS Sports. So thanks to those guys yeah. for doing some of yeah. the work. I'm <laughs> kidding. They do a lot of our dirty work. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> you know, I have friends who broadcast high school sports in other states, uh -huh. and they don't have a resource like that. They're really scrambling to find information all the time. Yeah. It's, it's really nice to have a it, resource it like that. It is very nice. Yeah. We thank those guys yeah, at yes. WIS Sports. Uh, let's start in Division 7. Um, I'm just going to talk uh, about what they have uh, the level one surprise that they uh, had in Division 7 was uh, the only lower-seeded team to score a win was fifth-seeded Boyceville, beating fourth-seeded Elmwood Plum City 40-20. to And I guess what's kind of the, uh, the surprise there is Elmwood Plum City had the state's top rusher. Yeah. And but, you they, know, they still beat them. Well, you know, we get back to that, Larry, about, you know, the uh, Dairyland Conference not being maybe as strong as the other conferences and – you know, I'm not sure where exactly Boysfield's conference, but Boysfield usually puts a pretty good team out there, and who knows? It's uh, kind of, to me, it's kind of a dubious prize. It's one of those five-seed, four-seed yeah. things where it seemed like this year uh, there were some good games, and I don't know if they're really upsets if the five-seed beats the four-seed. Yeah. Very close, and usually the five-seed has a chip on their shoulder because they think they should be the fourth-seed, so there's a problem there. But, yeah, some very close ball games in that bracket. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the uh, toughest matchup as far as a number one seed coming in here uh, in level two, they're saying is Pepin Alma. They have to play River Ridge. Yeah. And uh, River Ridge, the only loss was a uh, – actually, they had a win, I should say, over Blackhawk Warren. Yeah. And, and uh, Blackhawk Black Warren, Warren is, is one a of the – two seed on the other side. One of the top teams there. And they're the team I've picked to come out of that side too. So. What do you think? Pepin Alma is a pretty good team. They've, they have been over the years. Yeah. yeah. They've had some very good football over there. Yeah. So they're a toughest matchup uh, for the number one seed, Pepin Alma, they figure there. Now, Division 7 in our area, uh, we've got some matchups uh, there. Let's take a look at some of those uh, guys. Uh, what do you think, what stands out to you locally as far as um, Division 7? You know, I think the Spring Valley-Edgar matchup is going to be pretty good, Larry. Um, yeah, it's going to be a yeah, a two three, but Spring Valley has been kind of the class of the Dunn-St. Croix all season, and, of course, Edgar – their uh, only loss is to uh, Kobe, and and they're also the last team to beat Auburndale also, so the only team to beat Auburndale. Yeah, Edgar's certainly having a fine season. One thing you, you hear from the Edgar folks is they are a bigger ball club, physically bigger this year. They had um, last year a very talented squad, as they have every year. But last season, a lot of guys, as Coach Sins told me, a lot of guys in that 135, 140-pound range, well, you don't win a lot of championships doing that. They're quick, and they're talented but uh, really too small especially if you're saying Bracco's Regis right kind of yeah. <laughs> yeah so Edgar's still talented this year but perhaps a little bit bigger physically of this year mm -hmm. that should help them this week against Spring Valley and if they advance beyond that against Regis perhaps the following week obviously it must have helped them against Hurley because Hurley's usually big yeah yeah we saw Hurley against Edgar last year 
Yeah. Uh, went to Hurley for that playoff game, which I probably didn't see you there in Hurley for that game. We, had we, went we made year, it the year we before. The year before. And, <laughs> and we thought maybe that's a once-in-a-lifetime trip. Oh, well, that was twice for me. I went, I, went up, <laughs> I went up there with Pittsville years ago uh, and then came back last year against Edgar. And you're right, uh, Hurley was talented, big, physical. Edgar stayed with them for a while. They were yeah. worn down. And then, it, then Hurley was already filming a state championship. After that win, they got beat by Coleman the next week. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, Hurley certainly a very – and surprisingly, going to eight-man football in yes. two years. Yes. Yeah, in 2024. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That is surprising. But, you know, like a lot of those schools up in that area – you know, their enrollments are down, and, and they got to go a long way to play. Yeah, that, last, that, that second part is probably the big issue is, you know, we've got enrollment we can play, but who do we play without yes. traveling for four hours to get yeah, there? Yeah, right. it, it used to be Hurley used to go into Michigan to schedule games, yeah. Yeah. And, but they don't do that anymore. They've tried to keep a Wisconsin tight you know, schedule. Pines did that for many years. Pines played in a Michigan yeah. conference for many years. Yeah, so it's superior. And then probably the the UP schools up there are doing the same thing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. going to eight-man or sure. they play. Yep. Well, you got Regis and Boysville. Um, I would say the consensus there is Regis. Yeah, you know, I, I don't see Regis slowing down. Uh, you know, they're going to be up on the uh, carpet at uh, Carson Park. And, uh, you know, we seen them two weeks ago, Larry, and they were hitting on all cylinders that night. But uh, it's like I said, we do believe teams can move the ball on them, you know. Especially uh, uh, running, the running up the middle. Yeah, and you talk about Gene talking about Edgar being big physically, and that might be something because when Nielsen ran – Nilsville ran very well against them and ran the ball straight ahead at them. Mm-hmm. So that might be something there. So Yeah, they were able to move the ball against mm-hmm. them. But that would be an interesting level three yep. matchup there, Edgar and Regis. Yep. Yeah, certainly I'm, would be. Yeah. And I'm thinking that probably, you know, as, as well, it goes on likely, paper, yeah, <laughs> that's likely, what it probably You never know. But yeah. 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 All right, Division 6. Let's go to one oh, other. Go, that's yeah. right. You want to mention one other game, yeah. Division 7 in the other bracket. We do have one other local team playing. That's right. Yeah, and that's the Assumption Royals yeah. against yes. Blackhawk Warren. Yep. And boy, what a remarkable job Coach Sullivan's doing at Assumption year after year mm-hmm. to produce a real solid 11-man team mm-hmm. um, and winning every year. Uh, you would think a school that size might be eight-man by now, but they've shown no signs of doing that. And a very strong running game. The Leeberg kids running the ball well. Clott uh, running the ball well for them as well. Uh, very talented ball club at Assumption, and here they are. Uh, going to Blackhawk Warren, a long trip on Friday night, but uh, mm-hmm. big, catch, big test for the Royals on Friday. That's yeah, a, I over a three-hour trip. You know, they played Pittsville, Gene, in the first uh, round, and that had been a close game the first time yeah. around, but they handed it to Pittsville yeah. pretty good last weekend. So, But, uh, you know, you talk about Clatt. We've seen him play up at Loyal last year. He's an outstanding athlete. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah that, that trip might be uh, something, <laughs> three-and-a-half-hour trip <laughs> yeah. on bus. And then you have to go and well, you see some of those in the playoffs, but uh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, last we, week was the Ashland yeah, going on Alaska. Ashland on Alaska last week is right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who did you have last week when we made our predictions for uh, Division Seven? I had uh, oh, I have Regis and Blackhawk, Blackhawk Warren. Okay, going in the finals. All right, Division Six. Uh, the surprise uh, they had there was uh, Bonduel scoring the biggest upset. Yes. As they uh, the six-seeded Bears went on to beat third-seeded Crivets twenty-two yeah. to seven. Yeah, that was to me that was the biggest upset over there. Um, I don't know, you know, it's, didn't know a whole lot about either team, but uh, generally Crivets is pretty good football mm-hmm. up there. So, but who knows? So, you know, when I think about that, Larry, I I go back. I've been here, you know, many years now, and I go back to the '80s, '90s when Stratford Edgar used to go that way in postseason mm-hmm. and play Bonduel and Manawa and mm-hmm. schools over that way, and every year. Uh, the Merriwood schools were crushing them pretty good. 
Um, but that football over there has really improved over the years, whereas a, a Bonduel or schools of that nature over there can be very competitive. This year. They've, they've really mm-hmm. improved football in that northeast Wisconsin region over the years. Yeah, you talked about uh, Coleman, yeah. you know, being yeah. Hurley last year, and, yeah. and Coleman's the number one seed again this year. Yeah. Yeah. Moving uh, up, a, moving up though, from seven to six. Right. So the, we'll yeah, see. But you uh, see a lot of that, though, uh, yeah, this year, too. Yeah, quite Teams a bit. moving up. Yeah, yeah. yeah Wanakee and D, D, was D2 last year, D1 this year. And Colby, D6, now D5. Yeah, that's yeah. right. But uh, looking at the Division uh, Five or Division Six here, we got Cadott taking on Stratford at Marshfield. That's a game that you can hear on uh, 1450 AM WDLB and 98.7 FM. That's right. Uh, how do you see that match up there with uh, Cadott and Stratford? Well, Cadott's a good ball club, solid ball club. Not a great ball club, I don't think, mm-hmm. but certainly a very solid team. Stratford, um, much the same, very strong running game. Their defense has been very good this year. Uh, Colder Kilty runs the ball pretty well. Braden Schuler, their quarterback, passes well, runs the ball well also. Um, probably an advantage to Stratford in that ball game, but not one that you would think would be an overwhelming advantage. Stratford's not the juggernaut that they have been? Or? Well, no, but they're still real good. Yeah. They still yeah. can go a long way, but they're mm-hmm. a strong team. And uh, mm-hmm. They're playing at Marshfield where they played all their home games this mm-hmm. year because of their reconstruction. So they're used to playing on that artificial surface. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it should be a good ball game. All right, and uh, over on the other side of that Division Six uh, bracket, we got Auburndale traveling to Mondovi. Uh, that game you can hear on 92.7 WPKG. And you're looking on paper, they, these teams almost the, like looking in the mirror. Mirror images, yeah. I mean, yeah. they both have good quarterbacks that are big. They both have running backs that uh, gain yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, their defenses are good, so yeah. – I'm looking for a good game. Yeah, the Auburn the quarterback, Weiler, has certainly done a great job this year running and passing the football, throws the ball well, has some very nice receivers, Schmidt, Wilford, some other ball players, and they've run the ball quite well this year. And what a remarkable job by Coach Anderson, yeah. Yeah. who two or three years ago had to drop down to eight-man football mm-hmm. for a year because of lack of numbers. And um, the Auburndale situation is a bit different from other schools. It's so basketball-oriented. Yeah. That kids want to play football, but yet be on them to play football. Mm-hmm. So when you don't see them in the spring or summer because of COVID or something else and can't recruit them, then they kind of lose interest and don't come out. That's mm. the situation Coach Anderson had a couple of years ago that fall. All of a sudden, mm. his team isn't there. Yeah. So they went down to eight man for a year. But, boy, after two years regrouping and now finding yourself yeah. with a, a, a very fine ball club yeah. in the second yeah. round of the playoffs. And a almost, really good team. Uh, almost 50 for a number, too, yeah. over there, which is tremendous yeah. for a Class C, uh, 6 school. That would be an interesting game. Yeah. You know, that would be a, one of those pick em, I yeah. think, games. I think that's going to come right down to the final line. You know, I, we've only seen Mondovi pushed once all year, and that was by Regis, and Regis really took it to him. But uh, – and Auburndale beat Colby, and you know, we've yeah. seen Colby, oh, and Colby, Colby is, yeah. is good. That really put a chip on Colby's shoulder. Though. It sure did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Colby is tough. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they come through Division 5, yeah, especially that side of that yeah. bracket. Yeah, yeah it's going to be – you know, it's a long trip they're going to make, but, uh, you know, we'll talk about that in a minute. But, yeah, I, I am really excited about this Auburndale-Mondovi matchup. And one more down – everybody's talking about Kenosha-St. Joseph's, but they're going to have to deal with a pretty good Lancaster program down there too in, in this round too also. So Yeah, that was one – Lancaster is one of those five seeds that yeah. beat a four seed. But, right. I, you know, like I said, I don't think there's much of an upset there no, in some of those five no, fours. No, absolutely not. So. Pretty, well, uh, pretty well matched. Mm-hmm. In some we of could those. have next week a one-versus-two matchup in the quarterfinals between 
Fond du Lac Springs and Coleman. Mm-hmm. Springs ranked number one in Division yep. Six. Coleman number two, and they've yes. they win their ball games Friday night. They face each other in the quarterfinals on Friday. Could be a dandy. There. Yeah, there really could be some good games coming oh, up boy. in level There's three. Some level yeah, three. As I mentioned, I was in Hurley last week, last year for the Edgar game, and the I guess that was the quarterfinal round. And uh, the Hurley folks expected, well, we're going to win the state championship. It's going to stop us. And lo and behold, the next week, here comes Coleman and stopped them pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So very fine program there. Yeah. You know, and, and it could be uh, a few of these level three matchups might be almost state championship games. Could be. Could be. Could be. Yep, very that much That happens so. sometimes mm-hmm. in some of these uh, semifinal mm-hmm. games. All right, moving on to uh, Division Five. Uh, they say the toughest number one seed matchup is St. Croix Falls. Uh, they have to deal with fourth-seeded Colby, and Colby yeah. does not look we, – we did them last yeah. week. Yeah. They do not look like a fourth seed. No, they uh, really – other you know other than not having Lopez, you know, he's all with an injury. They yeah. look very strong. But uh, Hamer really filled in nicely for him on both sides of the ball. But, uh, yeah, Healy is really strong at running back. And, of course, they got a big boost right off the, the bat with Rubita taking the opening kickoff back 90 yeah. yards for a touchdown too, and that – Really kind of, and then a couple of big turnovers by GET in the red zone too. Yeah, because really they moved the them. ball down the field yeah. a little bit, but then they turned yeah. the ball over. And you know Healy took one of them fumbles back 84 yep. yards for a touchdown, and that was kind of the real backbreaker that night. So you don't know how this is how this is done, you know the seeding done by computer. So the computer says St. Croix Falls is number one seed, Colby's mm. number four. But in the state rankings, Colby's number four, St. Croix Falls number seven. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm kind of reverse that way. So well, it should, should be a great ball game. Yeah. And actually, Northwestern won their conference. Yeah. And St. Croix Falls finished second. Yeah. But St. Croix Falls got the number one yeah, seat. Right. So yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure how that works. And Northwestern and Aquinas on the opposite bracket. Yeah. On one and a three. And there's a nice trip for Aquinas to make yeah. on uh, <laughs> yeah. Friday night to, to up to Maple. Yeah. But there's a there's another good that's a that's level a heck two of a three seed. There yeah. is Aquinas is a very good three seed. So. And if you have to go to Mabel for a game, they do feed you in the press box. Oh, okay. So keep, that, keep that in mind if you get up there. Oh, Mondovi oh. does too. For, yeah, free food. <laughs> they do. And yeah, they oh. gave us food the last yeah, day. I was going to say, I was going to switch my game. Free food is always the, yeah. the key. I'll yeah. switch my game then. <laughs> All of a sudden, we're heading for Maple. <laughs> Osseo used to do that too. Yeah. Back in the day, they used to have a nice uh, setup in their booth. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, yeah, it could be. Uh, some interesting level three matchups there. Yeah. Uh, you look at possibly, I mean, either Aquinas or Northwestern uh, taking on possibly Colby yeah, in, in a level yeah. three game. Yep. So. I'm not sure what St. Croix Falls is like. I, I don't know either, Larry. It's hard to say. You know, I see, you know, they play in Northwestern's conference, you know, which is a good conference, the heart of the North. But, uh, you know, we'll see. So, but, you know, I, I, I know a few years ago, Northwestern, Suppose they had such a great team, and and Stratford went up there and spanked them up there. So, so. yeah, well, you know, that, I did that game, and Stratford yeah. was very upset they did not get the higher seed. But right, that was one of those. Well, that was when they didn't do computers yeah, kind either. Of, kind of rigged by the Heart of North coaches. Yeah, yeah right. So, yeah, so Stratford up there and kind of taught them a little lesson <laughs> on seeding. Yes. <laughs> <How to laughs> seed. <laughs> well, that may that may happen again this year. Mm. We'll see what happens. Mm. But uh, you know, some of these teams, you know, like. Uh, it used to be with the Cloverbell Conference and the Cloverwood Conference. When you come out of those conferences, playing those opponents all year, you're pretty much yeah, battle tested for the conf- yeah. for the playoffs. And yeah. I think that's what what happens with some of these teams like Colby and Aquinas, uh, Stratford. Yeah, you and, know, Aquinas is down there playing Sparta and and yeah. uh, Holman and on Alaska and those teams. Yeah, so yeah. you know, 
They play such good teams all year long you that bet. by the time the playoffs comes, mm-hmm. they're used to it. All right, anything else that stands out in um, Division Five? I said I, Keel beating Wittenberg Burnham would surprise me. I was I've been very high on Wittenberg Burnham all year, and to see them get, you know, of course they got beat both by Stratford and uh, Amherst theoretically, but uh, um, I was very surprised that Keel came out of there. But uh, we'll see. And it's a pretty good matchup with Kiwani over there. Keel is six seed, so yeah, yeah. interesting. That's an upset when yep. you get a 6-3. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, let's see. Uh, we got Division 4. Anybody in Division 4 that we are uh, looking at or you want to talk about? Uh, St. Croix Central is making a short trip. Yeah. Uh, Ellsworth, yeah. But there there you, had, there you had a 6-3 winner, too, St. Croix Central beating Wisconsin Dells. So, you know. That was a short trip for them, 175 miles in that yeah. first round. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and now they get to just hop over to Ellsworth. So. Yeah. Ellsworth has a very fine team this year. Yeah. Now oh. right. Baldwin Woodville went to Columbus. That's a nice jaunt as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're, that's the only thing with the seating that they don't uh, they don't uh, take into account the mileage that it's some yeah, of these right. teams have yeah. to take. <laughs> yeah, we really don't have a lot of Division Four schools no, in no. our area. No, so no. It's hard to keep track. Yeah, of and it's like Larry and I talked about last week. You know, it, it, theoretically, it seems like everybody's. You know, I'm going to play, see who plays Catholic Memorial yeah, in the yeah. finals. Yeah, so. that's about it. Yeah. You know, so. All right, uh, Division Three. moving on. Uh, they say the toughest matchup, the number one seed's toughest matchup, without a doubt, is top-seeded and top-ranked Monroe facing off against defending state champion, champion Pewaukee. Yeah, that should be a dandy there. Um, you know, I don't know a lot about Monroe, but, you know, Pewaukee is typically very strong, as is Monroe. But, uh, yeah, that's going to be a flip of the coin game, too, there, so... Interesting that uh, Pewaukee is the fourth seed. Yeah, you know, I said you don't know much about them. It's, you know, it's a, you know, on the other side of the bracket, uh, Medford going to have to make the trip down Alaska this week. So, <laughs> and on Alaska, from what it sounds like, is yeah. is pretty w- good strong. offensively. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah, can they, put up some numbers. It could be a possible really good level three match there, uh, Rice Lake and on Alaska. So mm-hmm. that could be a really nice matchup. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, we do have Mosin E in Division Three as yeah. well, yeah. Mm-hmm. and uh, they have the higher seed, but yeah. uh, the lower ranking. They're right. not ranked. Rice Lake ranked number seven in the state. Mosin E has an outstanding passing attack. Yeah. The Obremski kid having mm-hmm. a good year. Davin Stoffel catching the ball. Keegan Jerschley, mm-hmm. who's an outstanding shortstop, also running yep. the ball very well. So some talent there. They really didn't miss a beat. They've continued to run the same offense that uh, Coach Navinsky put in there some years ago, and Coach Martins ran that offense uh, for many years, and now Coach Stoffel doing the same thing. Yeah. That kind of high-powered attack, a passing yep. game, and they, every year they find a quarterback to run that. Yeah, and yeah, well. some pretty good receivers, too. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, Stoffel, I think, is up for uh, one of the uh, receivers yeah, yep. be. of the year. The Altoona Award. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the Altoona Award. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, moving on, Division Two. of course, uh, we got Mar- uh, Marshfield uh, in that one, and uh, with sports thinks that River Falls may be the number one seed with the toughest matchup when they go against Marshfield. Well, we'll see how that works out. I checked some stats on River Falls. Don't know too much about them as of yet for the ball game on Friday night. But you know, they, for a, a team that's highly ranked and has a good seed, they don't really score a lot of points. No. Mm. Uh, they scored forty something in their playoff game last week. They scored about thirty in their last game of the regular season. But other than that, they've not been above thirty all year long. Mm. They have a running back who's rushed for about twelve hundred. Quarterback, that's from about 770, I think, but mm-hmm. throws about 70% completions. Um, but it looks like their defense really is the strong part of River Falls. So we'll see how okay. Marshfield mm-hmm. matches up against that one. Okay. 
Um, that game will be on uh, 92-3. On 92-3. Marshall coming off a big win over um, the Pulaski Ball Club last Friday night in Marshfield. And Trevor Femmel, their quarterback, again played quite well, ran the ball well, passed the ball pretty well, and the defense made some big plays as well. So it should be a good, good ball game. From your perspective, Gene, how, what do you think is the key for Marshfield? What do they have to do to beat this team that's number one seed? Um, well, if I if Coach Gato was sitting here right now, he'd say, "Well, you got to score more points," <laughs> which, which seems yeah. elementary. But I right. think that what he means by that, more anything else, is that he's facing teams that he expects will score. Mm-hmm. Even though Marshfield's defense has been pretty solid this year, he expects at some point they will score some points. You better have points on the scoreboard as well to counteract that, and that means that Trevor Femmel, the quarterback, has to pass the ball well run the ball well. Trevor runs the ball well virtually every week. He passed the ball well some weeks. Other weeks he doesn't throw the ball quite as well. And some weeks they come out and just run the ball anyway and don't really rely on Trevor throwing, but Trevor is a big part of that running attack as well. So they got to keep the ball, um, maintain possession, score some points, and just literally outscore the opposition. Now we saw Colby last week pick up uh, a touchdown on a kickoff return, a fumble return. Mm-hmm. Is that something Marshfield Likes to rely on two, um, or they have done that. They've had a, they had an interception return for a score a couple of weeks ago, um, for by Vaughn Colbeck. They've had some special team scores, and that's something Marshfield used to pride itself on quite a bit in the Len Lidke days, and early in Denny's tenure as coach. Special teams was really outstanding, and I'm not saying they're not outstanding, not good, but they don't have the scoring potential. They haven't scored as much off special teams as they had in the past. And there were some years recently when Marshfield had virtually no takeaways, let alone score off a takeaway. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year, Marshfield does have a couple of interception returns for a touchdown, uh, I think a fumble return for a touchdown. So that's improving somewhat as well. Um, but you'd be surprised how the reputation of Marshfield for that special teams still carries on. How many teams will squib the ball down the field mm-hmm. or kick the ball out of bounds, kick the ball away from a Marshfield returner because they know, well, I know in 2008 they had a great <laughs> return game, yeah. and, they, and, and they may still do if somebody kicked the ball to Marshfield. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's amazing how many teams just still kick away from Marshfield after because mm-hmm. of that reputation. Yeah, I mean, those, those, those kind of scores, like Colby, when they got up yeah. 7 nothing on opening kickoff, yeah. that makes just a big difference that, yeah. in yeah, a game. Just, just fired the whole crowd up. Now, Marshfield came out last week against Pulaski. And on first down, ran a flea flicker and got 50 yards, got down to about the 20-yard line and scored two or three plays mm-hmm. later. So a similar type situation, a big play right there. Mm-hmm. Went up big momentum. Nothing, and Pulaski yep. was down the rest of the night. Right. Um, but they have to make some big plays offensively. Mm-hmm. And right. against this River Falls defense, we'll see if that's yeah. possible. All right. Uh, anything else in Division Two? Again, that's uh, one of those divisions right. we don't really know a lot about. No, uh, Marshfield is in there, but yeah. well, we saw Slinger. Marshfield played Slinger. Okay. The second week of the season, Slinger's playing Kakana. Both are unranked. Yeah. I'm not sure how yeah. of, how good that game's going to yeah. be. Or Kakana's a pretty good six yeah, seed there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that should be a good ball game in Slinger. Very nice facility at Slinger, so should be a good ball game down there. All right, uh, Division One. Uh, the biggest uh, surprise in level one was seventh-seeded Marquette going on the road and shutting out Verona, yeah, and that three game was 3 nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Verona, they had only 49 yards rushing and 68 yards passing. Yeah. 
So that's yeah. that's a second. Yeah, seed. we almost had a seven-two on the other side too. Uh, Everest really gave Hudson a game up there. Hudson scored really late in the game to beat Everest mm-hmm. in that game. So, okay. So. Yeah, uh, we saw Hudson earlier. Marshfield played non-conference mm-hmm. back-to-back. Mm-hmm. Hudson and Slinger. So we saw Hudson mm-hmm. in week one, and they mm-hmm. were capable. Marshfield yeah. stayed with them for a while, but certainly mm-hmm. a very good ball club there. Yeah. Uh, Wausau West is at Bayport. Anything you know about Wausau West? Uh, well, yeah, we saw them during the season, and uh-huh. Marshfield beat Wausau West, although a very close ball game. Could have gone either way. Uh, West has a very strong running game once again this year. Their passing game was not quite as solid, but a strong defensive team. They've, in the last couple of years, they've really had a very strong running game, and they showed that against Marshfield. Um, but beating Bayport at Bayport is certainly a tough assignment for anybody. Yeah. In division, I know Gay Electric Trempolo did not pass the ball hardly at all. No. I mean, that's all they do is run. Do you think a team like Wausau West can do anything in Division One without a diverse attack? Or? Well, they can throw the ball. Ball. They don't. It's not like they refuse to. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're not very. They're not awfully skilled at that. You, I, I see what you're saying. You mm-hmm. expect to have a diversified attack, I especially say, Division One. I, I yeah. wouldn't say West's attack is diversified, but they can throw. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I always when you when I think about that, I always think about one of Marshfield State Championship games. They played uh, Kenosha Trumper one year. I think it was maybe 02, the 02 team that won that third state championship. They played Trumper, and Trumper just could not and refused to throw the ball under any circumstances. So you're down 65 to nothing, and you're you know, running craps. You know. um, so yeah, you do see teams like that. I don't think West is quite that bad. But if they have, but the the one thing about what you're saying is, if you get down, if you're down by two or three scores, if they have to rely on the pass, now they are in trouble. Well, that's what Gaelic or Tremble. Right. They got down to Colby, yeah, and, and you could tell that they were not used to throwing the ball. Their quarterback was a runner, yeah. and actually, their best passer was their backup quarterback because he came yeah. in late, right? And all they did was throw that yeah. towards mm-hmm. the yeah. end. But uh, yeah. Yeah, they were built to run, and that's yeah. all they were going to do. So yeah, we we said it on the air as they as Colby mounted a lead that yeah, and I said Gay Electric Trempolo is not built to it, come back. It just wasn't a good good mm-hmm. mix in the second half, a running clock and a running team. So yeah, so yeah, no. I think to watch in these playoff games with these really good teams, is special teams, mm-hmm. not that they're going to return something, but. If you're a really good team, probably you haven't punted the ball very much during the year. Oh, right. And now you have to punt the ball, and what do you do? You know, mm-hmm. Do you have a punter who can kick the ball well? Do you mishandle a snap? Things like that. If you're not used to doing that because you've been in blowout games all year, that can be a real problem yeah. with some of these really good teams. Yeah. Well, that's what we talked about. We, we watched Kobe's kid punt in warm-ups the other night, and he's good. But against Nilsville and GET, he never punted. No. Mm-hmm. Never, never punted him. once. No, so. no. And uh, Regis is one of those teams, I think, that uh, they like to go for it a lot mm-hmm. on fourth down, and they don't punt much. No. No. So that might be sure. you know, one of those things sure. to yeah. look at you bet. down the road. All right, eight-player. Uh, there is uh, one matchup in our area for eight-player football, mm-hmm. and it's uh, a pretty good one. Newman Catholic taking on uh, Gilman. Yeah, not bad there. Uh, you know, Newman uh, came out of the, uh, beating uh, McDonald, you know, it was a very fine program, and uh, Gilman took it to Three Lakes Phelps, so Newman's been everybody's pick all yep. season in uh, in eight man, and we'll see. You know, Coach Rosebier does a good job up at Gilman, and we'll see what happens. But they uh, faced each other last year in the state semifinals, and uh-huh. Gilman tried to make a comeback, but yeah, uh, were unsuccessful. That game, by the way, is going to be played at Merrill. Okay, yeah, tomorrow night. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 
Uh, speaking of eight-player or eight-man football, what a shame it is that we've got two fine teams like Owen Withy and Thorpe yeah. Yeah. not participating because they mm. you know, jumped into eight-man a bit late a couple of years yeah. ago. But Owen Withy ranked number three in the state, Thorpe number five in yeah. eight-man football. Yeah. But uh, at least for this year, he can't participate in the playoffs. Yeah, and hopefully those teams can come back again and yeah, you know, I be said, competitive again next year. Yeah, I think, yeah and I think this, the two-year window will be up after this year so they can mm. go back yeah. and play in the playoffs next yeah. year, I believe. Yeah. But I know that you know. Hopefully, they don't have a lot of seniors on their teams. Yeah, they, you know, you know they were good, and yeah. now they're. But Coach Lobby's done a really good job in his three years. Of, mm-hmm. or doing the eight man has really brought his attack along, and like you said, he's had some good seniors this year. But uh, yeah, because he man, adapted to it very well. Because he's, he's not a, the same. He's a running coach, right? You know, yeah. so you know, I think one of the misnomers about eight man football, if you haven't seen it, and I've never seen a game, so I can't even. Well, my son played it in junior high. Nielsville played uh, eight man. When he was in seventh and eighth grade, and it's it's a little different. Yeah, I'm sure it is. I mean, you, you get this uh, impression that it's a lot of passing, but you've no. got schools like Owen Withy and Phillips as well, yeah, who's very successful, and they're, and they're too big, I guess, to play in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, that have run the ball very successfully playing mm-hmm. eight-man football. They do that very well. Talking to people from Greenwood, they said if you've got an interior three outstanding yeah. lineman, you will do well in eight-man mm-hmm. because you will run the ball. Okay, so yeah, once you get because yeah. an eight man, once you get past that, in, you know, interior yeah. line, you're, right. you're into your secondary yeah. pretty quick. Yeah. Well, Coach Lobby mentioned to me the biggest concern he had, and I asked him when they went to eight man, why did you stay on? Because I mm. thought maybe he wouldn't uh, stay on. He said, "Well, it's still blocking and tackling and carrying the ball, yeah. football." But he said the biggest problem for him was accounting for an extra defender when, when mm. he is on defense. You you're kind of you're always looking for a safety or a linebacker who can cover mm. this gap. If a running back or quarterback gets mm. through in an eight-man football, you don't have that, mm-hmm. and that really pre- presents some problems for him mm-hmm. philosophically for defense. How does mm. how to solve that problem? Right. Yeah. Defensively, I would think that would be yeah, a big change. Yeah. yeah. You break past the line, and there's a lot of daylight in yeah, front of you. Sure. Yeah. Not a lot. Of, not a lot of containment. No. Yeah. Exactly. All right. So that's uh, high school football again. Level two of the playoffs mm. uh, coming up tomorrow night. Uh, a lot of good games coming up. Uh, we have games for you again. We have uh, Stratford is taking on who's Stratford? Cadot. Cadot. There we go. Yeah. Cadot Stratford. That's at Marshfield. That one's on fourteen fifty AM and ninety eight seven FM WDLB. Uh, we'll be over in Mondovi, Dick and I, for Auburndale and Mondovi on ninety two seven WPKG, and Gene will be on uh, ninety two three WOSQ for Marshfield and. River Falls. Falls. And that game. It's at UW River Falls. At UW River Falls. Bay Sheriff Field there. All right. And those all start at uh, 7 o'clock. Your coverage starts at 6.30. Yes. Okay. For the Marshfield and uh, River Falls game. It's going to be a big game. Yeah. Should be a good night. (laughs) A good night of football. Uh, Tonight, girls uh, volleyball sectional semifinals. Kind of an upset uh, last week in a regional final where Assumption downed uh, Columbus Catholic. Three games to two after Columbus Catholic got yeah. up to. Yeah, that was too bad for the Dons. They had a great season. Um, and talked to Cat Eagle, their head coach, earlier in the season. And she had a nice team. Uh, Courtney Summer and Lily Stratman, Izzy Hoagland, some other players were really Courtney Summer named player of the mm. year, I believe, in the Eastern Clover Belt. Mm-hmm. Um, a really nice team. But uh, Assumption on a roll second half of the season. So they won that match 3-2. And uh, the Royals playing very well. And now we almost assume we'd have a Columbus-Athens matchup. And yeah. so it's going to be Assumption-Athens. And I talked to Coach Hartwig early in the year as well, to Neil Hartwig. And 
They have been a very fine program again in mm -hmm. Athens. This yeah, year. yeah, they were ranked number one for a while. And yeah. then Columbus Catholic overtook yeah, and then them. Columbus got beat by McDonald. McDonald took over number one. Yeah. Um, but they, Athens has two outstanding players uh, between Giselle Hartwig, Neil's daughter, and Addison Levicka, and she plays them on different in different rows. Mm -hmm. So virtually every night, those are the two kill leaders and two assist leaders yeah. as well. Okay. Okay. So okay. they play very well. Plus the Coker twins are playing yeah. very well. And a girl named Epping, Savannah Epping, is there. I think they're libero playing very well. So mm -hmm. a very solid matchup there between Assumption and Athens mm -hmm. on uh, Thursday, Thursday night. Auburndale and Edgar. Uh, Auburndale again, uh, they beat Stanley Boyd. Yeah, and Stanley, Stanley Boyd was ranked above them all yeah. season, but Auburndale took it to them. Yeah. And now they're at Edgar. I'm not familiar with either one of those teams. Yeah. So. Well, um, I, I know a bit about Auburndale. They have some very, they've changed coaches a couple of years ago. Kate Schmutzer took over the Auburndale program, has done very well. Uh, Josie Ertle, their main uh, hitter, kill leader. Ashlyn Grimm was a really nice all around player. And several sports is their assist leader, but there's other things as well. A real good, solid program for Auburndale. Edgar has been ranked uh, throughout the season. Don't know too much about the Wildcats. Don't mm -hmm. hear too much from them, but uh, they're a very solid program as well. Mm -hmm. So a real test for Auburndale yeah. on Friday night. All right. Or Thursday so, night, rather. Thursday night, yeah. Yeah, tonight. Uh, Barron and Bloomer. Bloomer uh, coming through there in Division Two, yeah. coming out of that Western Chlorville. Yeah, ranked, honorable mention, and... Uh, yeah, the Western Chlorville doing very well there. You know, at the top with McDonald and and uh, Bloomer and uh, Stanley Boyd Stanley was Bo there. Stanley Boyd was there. Yep. So, but, uh, yeah, McDonald's still alive, and so is uh, Bloomer. And then Division One, Marshfield takes on River Falls uh, again. This time in volleyball <laughs> tonight. Yeah. That game at Hudson. They, no, play. They, they must be playing both those semifinals at Hudson. In Division they One, they play both of them yeah. in the same spot. Okay. Hudson and Chippewa Falls, I think, yeah. at 5. The Marshall River yeah. yeah. Falls at 7 o'clock. Wow. And uh, very strong Marshall team again this year. Yeah, talked to Dawn Sadowska early in the year. Her biggest concern this year was the Wisconsin Valley Conference is down this year. Mm. And she did not think she would get the competition and conference play that she normally gets to really get her team ready for postseason play. But uh, they have, they've been undefeated in games and matches all year long, have not lost a set all season long in the conference. Uh, some very nice players led by Abby Agna, their junior uh, kill leader. And Abby is an outstanding three-sport athlete, uh, soccer, uh, basketball, mm -hmm. and volleyball. And some other very talented ball players as well. Rania Balderson, there's their assist leader. A uh, real good, solid team. Um, so how far they can go, especially if they have to match up with Chippewa Falls at some point. Yeah. I think they did lose to Chippewa Falls earlier in the year, and they've been in the top two or three statewide all year long. So it'll be a tough matchup there. That's, but that's those two schools yeah. match up in sports. Yeah. I mean, it's softball, it seems like they're there sometimes. No, according to the bracket, the winners will be in Marshfield Saturday yeah. night. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep, so. Mm. so Marshfield could get a home sectional right. final. Yep. That would be a boost. Yeah, it certainly would be. Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't hurt. <laughs> so uh, the win uh, winners tonight of the sectional semifinals move on to the sectional finals on Saturday night. And then, uh, of course, the 110th running of the boys' state cross-country and 49th girls' state cross-country championships at the Ridges in Wisconsin Rapids on Saturday. And some individuals there, uh, you got Isaac Shear. He's been up near the top. A lot of the uh, meets he's yeah. run from Columbus Catholic. Yeah. Yeah. And Isaac, by the way, is the younger of the Shear brothers. Yes. Uh, the older is Andrew. Okay. And mm -hmm. Andrew apparently was injured at some point during the season. Mm -hmm. Came back for a couple of meets, but we've not seen a lot of Andrew mm -hmm. since early in the year. Yeah. 
and Isaac has uh, taken over mm-hmm. as their number one runner and mm-hmm. done quite well this year. I think he's still only a sophomore. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well. he's uh, yeah, he may be one of those guys up there uh, yeah. this year. Connor Geneman from Loyal yeah, Greenwood yeah. yep. uh, making it to state. Uh, Derek Grossman of Pittsville. Yeah. Uh, Cree Defoe of Stratford. Yeah. Uh, Peter Weir of Cadott. Yeah, Peter won the regional. Individual regional. Okay. Yep. All right. so, yeah, he's been running really well, yeah, too. Yeah, he's been, he, I believe he was top man at the Cloverbelt Conference, yeah. too. So. Yeah. Uh, Girls-wise, uh, we've got the Colby girls mm-hmm. are there. Assumption girls are there. Athens. Uh, and Shaylee Zarza from Thorpe Gilman has yes. really been running yeah. well yeah. all year. Yeah, she has been, yes. And good for her that she made mm-hmm. it to state. You bet. Uh, Morgan Schnelli from uh, Edgar. From Edgar, mm-hmm. yeah. Is uh, there? Yeah, and Jenna Anders and Megan Johnson from Fall Creek, too. So. Yeah, and then uh, Division One, Natalie Sharonbrock of Marshfield. Mm-hmm. I think it's only a freshman. Oh, really? Really? Oh, wow! So. Yeah, that's she's awesome. Kind of come out of nowhere mm-hmm. for the Tigers this year. Done quite well. Been one of their top runners, and mm-hmm. certainly uh, did well end of the season to qualify for that state meet. So we'll see what she mm-hmm. can do on Saturday. All right. So a lot of stuff happening in high school sports uh, coming up this weekend. Uh, we've got football and volleyball oh, and cross man. country. And it's the best time of the year, Larry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Badgers have the week off for football. Yep. Maybe that's a blessing in disguise <laughs> yeah. for the Badgers. Uh, the Bucks uh, finally getting back into action here. A lot of home games to start. Yeah. And, and starting without Middleton and uh, um, Joe Ingold and yeah. uh, somebody else, too. They're missing. Pat Connaughton. Yeah, missing. Pat Connaughton. So. But they'll get them back. Yeah, okay, so they'll be all right. Interesting comments, uh, speculation in the NBA the last several days about the possible acquisition of Jay Crowder. Yes, yeah. by the Bucks. Yeah, yeah, Phoenix is holding him out. Yes, right. right. And, and the uh, Bucks, one team that apparently interested, and it's I, I guess it sounds like a defensive move. Okay, they think they can improve their defense with Crowder, although to acquire Crowder, apparently they have to give up Grayson Allen. And probably George Hill. It would be a throwaway yeah. to match up salaries. Okay. But Allen, one of their better shooters. Right. So they lose some offense for some defense. But the speculation is what happens when you're you know, in a tight ball game mm-hmm. late in the contest. You need some offense on the floor. And now you can't have Crowder out there because he can't shoot the ball real mm-hmm. well. He can play defense. He can stop somebody. Yeah. But it's not an offensive option really yeah. at this point. Yeah. I say, you know, it's salary cap reasons. But, boy, they let P.J. Tucker go Two years ago yeah. to free yeah. agency, yeah. and that was the kind of guy you wanted on the floor because he's sure. a defensive yeah. stopper yeah. and a shooter, yeah. and and now he's in uh, Philly. He's going for Philadelphia, you know. So, yeah, that was a that was a move I know a lot of people didn't like, but yeah. But sometimes the uh, salary cap. Yeah, he got a two year deal from Miami, and yeah, that's the way it goes. It goes so. where he can play. Yep. Yeah. Uh, all right, World World Series starts tomorrow night. Game one, Philadelphia and Houston. Any predictions? Phillies are the hottest team right now. So <laughs> sometimes both, that's what it takes. Yeah, what it they takes. both have both have pretty good pitching staff. Yeah, they do. You know, Houston's <coughs> pitching staff very solid. Yeah, Noah's starting for Philadelphia in Game One. I don't know Houston's starter yet. Haven't heard it yet. Yeah, I would assume probably Verlander. I would think so. Yeah. Um, you know, you talk Philadelphia is hot, but. Houston has not lost in the playoffs yet. No, <laughs> so. a, lot, a lot of different type games though. But yeah, uh, you know it's. Uh, it's hard, you know, but they went through a pretty good, you know, Seattle played very fine, and they just really took, gave the Yankees, and I'm sure everybody was happy about that. But uh, well, I know nobody likes Houston either, but. No. <laughs> yeah, they haven't forgot 2017 no, at all. No, 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 yeah. Nobody has forgotten that one too much. I would, I would predict Houston would be the winner in that. You would think so. I would think so. How many games, I don't know. But. Yeah, I, 
I would say at least six, maybe. So. But, I mean, you're looking on paper, the first two games are going to be good pitching matchups. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You would be. think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that always blows up, too, yeah. sometimes. Two good hitters' ballparks, too. Right. Well, that does help, too. Yeah. 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 So. Should be interesting. Yeah. Game one again tomorrow mm-hmm. night uh, of the World Series, and that'll mm-hmm. be on 92 3. Yep. Uh, game one will not. Game one yeah. will not. Game two will be. We'll okay. have the Tiger game. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, yes. we'll have game two and several other games next week as well. Okay. And those all get underway, I believe, at 7 o'clock. I yeah. Believe, is when they, uh, and I believe they're on Fox. Yep. They get so. underway. Um, before we get on, before we leave, we'll, maybe we'll bring back where they are now uh, next week. That'd be great. Yeah. So. But I want to get in. Uh, Wisconsin basketball yearbook has the preseason boys basketball polls, at least for the first uh, Division Five and Division Four, and Columbus Catholic ranked number one. Did that I surprise that. you at all, or no, not really. There's some good talent back for Coach Kenichi again this year. Had a lot of young talent the last mm-hmm. couple of seasons, including his son Emmett. Mm-hmm. Now I guess his younger son Mac is going to join them probably in the varsity. Yeah, this he's year. part. Um, they had the class of 2026 guys yeah. to watch it. Yeah. Larry's son and uh, yeah, my son Andrew. and and Mac was part of that. Both part of that list. So. There are a few in that yeah. Cloverdale Conference. Center. It's interesting. Yeah. Also, I didn't realize this, but to show you how things are different from the bigger schools and the smaller schools, I saw that list also. Mm-hmm. And Mac Kanichny from Columbus is on that list. So you'd assume he'd go to Columbus as a freshman mm-hmm. and play this season. But there are two Marshfield kids on that list as well, including. Charlie Ramberg's son. Yep. Yep. And uh, another uh, young man who uh, whose parents both played for the Tigers, Bobby Pohl, played mm-hmm. linebacker for the Tigers a number of years ago, and Lacey Linda Kugel, who's yep. his mom, and she played basketball for the Tigers. Yep. Um, and this young man, apparently a very talented basketball player as well. Mm-hmm. So I saw that list and was walking through the field house in Marshfield last week, and there's Chris Fisher, the basketball coach. So I said, hey, Chris, I saw these two young men on this list. As freshmen, top freshmen, are they going to play for you this year? And he said, probably not mm-hmm. because, you know, they're freshmen and maybe quite not ready to play on that level as of yet in the Wisconsin Valley Conference. In Division One. they may play a little bit sporadically late in the year. But, um, you know, if you're the top 50 freshman in Division Four school, <laughs> you're going to play right now. Yeah, you're going to be a starting lineup. Division I, maybe yeah. you will, maybe you won't. So. No, is, well, is, I tell you, is, Valen, the, is the Ramberg boy as tall as his dad? No, not no, quite. Not quite but he's, six, six. Yeah. I said Valen. I coached Valen and my son both on the same team here in Nielsville mm-hmm. when they were here. And we went to a tournament in Augusta, and one of the teams, I think, was from down south, like on Alaska. Mm-hmm. And he goes, we played against teams with height, but not that much height. <laughs> <laughs> we had, like, two or three guys yeah. that were yeah. almost six foot yeah. at the time in, mm-hmm. like, sixth grade. So, yeah. But, yeah, we would have had Valen over here in Nielsville now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we had some That'd serious height. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, so Columbus Catholic, number one. Uh, Owen Withy received honorable mention. Yeah, I th- they've got a nice senior class coming back. We've seen them play a couple of times. I tell you, there year. might be a good Eastern Cloverbell Conference season this year yeah, for boys basketball. Like it, yes. Yeah, you know, and then last year, you know, you think they had two very close games with Nilesville, and Columbus, when they played at Owen Withy, had to come back from six down uh, to beat them right, yeah. in the last minute. And I believe they had a tough matchup over in Marshfield, too, I believe, mm-hmm. with Owen Withy. So Owen Withy, pretty, pretty very athletic. And yeah. Colby, you know, they got some good Colby, athletes. Yeah, yeah. Colby is going to be very athletic, too. Uh, their little point guard, um, Richard uh, Strebler? Strebler, is gone. Yeah. I think he'll be tough to replace there. Yeah, so, but, I mean, still. It's but they've got Healy coming back and Rue, uh, Wheezy. Yeah, so they're going to have some very athletic kids out there. Yeah, it's, it should be a good Eastern Corbell Conference yeah. season, I think, this year. Uh, uh, Division Four, Nielsville, honorable mention. 
Auburndale ranks sixth. Yeah. Uh, Auburndale coming back with a good team. Yeah, they certainly are. Um, the Anderson, Caden Anderson is back. Uh, the Weber kid, who's an outstanding quarterback, is mm-hmm. back as well. Uh, Wilford, Schmidt, all those kids who play football mm-hmm. yeah. are going to play basketball as well. So very talented group there. And, of course, Coach Weinfurter has a solid staff, and he does a good job recruiting his ball players. So mm-hmm. they should be a very strong ball club again this year. You know, and that's the thing yeah. with Columbus Catholic, too. I mean, you know. Coach Konichny just gets the most out of yeah. whatever yeah. he's got out on that floor. They're so he has fundamentally some, he sound. He's got some shooters coming back this year, though. You know, because you got you know, his son, and then of course Jacoby is back, yeah, and then also right. uh, Charlie Moore. Also, Charlie Moore. So, and you know, the, for the one thing you think about for with Jacoby is the great defense he plays. He, yes, you put him at the point of that one-two-two zone defense, mm-hmm. and that really is a bothersome mm-hmm. issue for a lot of opposing teams. They don't have a lot of height, no. and the one thing no. that well, gets him in. Low. Yeah, who's not a bad ball player, and if you're that quick and that athletic, maybe having just one six-two or six-three guys all you need. That's that, true. That was kind of their downfall, though, in the sectional final against Gibraltar last year. Oh, well, it certainly was. Yeah, yes. Gibraltar had a, a seven-one. Well, yeah, yeah, you yeah know, but, that's. But other than that, yeah, I, I think they'll be just fine. But the one thing that is, is they are cold shooting. Yeah. Sure, that'll get them in. That'll get him in trouble. But you know, we seen him against Nielsville twice last year, and a great game over in Marshall. But the game in Nielsville, they just came out oh, on they, fire. They couldn't miss. Wow. Just, I think you know, they had their eyes closed on a field. Usually teams come into the field house in Nielsville and struggle shooting, but no, not them. No. Uh, the, the team on the top in Division Four is Cuba City, yeah. and uh, Jerry Pettigrew is now in his 52nd year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think he's been retired for about 20. He retired as far in 1980-something. Oh, so yeah, longer than that. Yeah, he said – and everybody, his hobby is coaching basketball, yeah. he says. So. Yeah, well, 52 years. I, 52 years, yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, if you want to learn he, from anybody, that would be the I, guy. I forget what his total wins are, but it's very, very yeah. impressive. Yeah. So. He's way up there. Yeah, he's, he's, he's up there nationally. Nobody's ever going to beat him in Wisconsin. No. I don't think so. I don't think anybody's going to be in coaching that long. Oh, 53. Jerry Sins now is what, I think in his 45th year. Yeah. Oh, yeah, football, sure. So yeah. You don't see many like that. <laughs> no. You know, I love these guys are still coaching, but yet they're in the – Jerry's in the football coaches' hall of fame. He's in the basketball yeah. coach's hall for an assistant. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so just, usually you do that after you retire. Yeah, usually you're in the hall of fame after you're done, right? Yeah, there's, they've been in the hall of fame for years, and yeah. they're still coaching. All right, well, we thank you, Gene, for coming yeah. in here. Happy Appreciate it. Joining us, uh, giving us your insight on, uh, on sports around here and – we appreciate what you do you. over there in the Marshfield yes. area for a long Thank time. Uh, look forward to Marshfield, hopefully moving on. Yeah. We'll see what they can do. River Falls, tough one. Yep. Uh, just thinking the other day, the last time I did a football game at River Falls was um, they were <laughs> renovating the former press box. <laughs> I think it was 1996. Wow. <laughs> Columbus, Columbus actually played over there. Oh, okay. okay. First game. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, my first trip to River Falls. Back then it was Raymer Field, I believe. So yeah. I believe it's something different yeah. now. So. I don't even know if I've ever been to River Falls to do yeah. a game. Well, I went to school there, so I. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. A little bit of a. All right. And the high school's in a totally different place now because the high school is out past to the west of Raymer Field or the football field now. Okay. So. All right. Well, good luck on the broadcast tomorrow night, Gene. And uh, that'll do it for Two Guys on Sports for this week. I'm Larry Hazer. I'm Dick Olson. We'll talk to you again next week.